Hi, I'm Kelsey Harrison, and this is the Get Wild Podcast, where each episode we dig into ways to reclaim your most wild and authentic self. Thank you all for tuning in to the Get Wild podcast. I am here with Jimmy or James Grippa. Um, I know him because he is actually one of my sister's closest friends and um, went to the same college. And so I've known him for many years. And Jimmy, why don't you go ahead and just give a little introduction on what you do uh, for work, where you live, what inspires you and anything else you want to include. Sure. Well, hello, everybody. Um, first off, before I get started, I would like to say, uh, Kelsey, thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, I think what you're doing is, is inspiring and it's um, exciting, and I'm pretty excited to see where you go with this. Um, but like you said before, I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. I am currently a teacher at Milford High School. I also uh, coach high school football there. Um, my connection to Kelsey would be through Amelia, Kelsey's sister. Um, my wife met Kel- my wife met Amelia in uh, college, and uh, I got a funny story about one of the f- early first days of kind of us knowing your sister and, and really starting to know you. Um, oh, this will be I'm good. Sure, I'm sure you remember this. Um, <laughs> it, it was funny. So my wife was coming home from medical campus, and medical campus down at the University of Cincinnati is separate from the main campus. And my wife and your sister, Amelia, were about 200 yards away from us. And I remember this clear as day, how angry my wife was when she saw me hugging this girl. (laughs) It was you. (laughs) But you should have seen how angry they were. Um, But that was one of like the earliest kind of stories that I can remember. I, of I do remember that. She was like, who is this girl Jimmy is hugging? <laughs> and then it was like me, her best friend's little sister. Yeah. So she thought <laughs> she knew me, but I guess not. <laughs> I love it. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. So, so Jimmy, you, you coach football and you teach, um, you know, what, what is something that inspires you and motivates you and that drives you to do what you do with your work? I mean, just going through uh, football and, and teaching, definitely, I know it's kind of cliche, but the, the kids definitely are, are motivating. They're inspiring. Um, you know, when I get to work and I, I start thinking about what lessons I can create in the classroom or what I can do to practice to make it more engaging for kids. And, and when they say teaching and, and coaching is one of the most rewarding careers, they're 100% true. And uh, it's inspiring to see kids engaged and to see kids motivated and work. And, and I know it's cliche, but it's the truth. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, and what what is something that the kids teach you or have taught you what's like a massive lesson you feel like you've learned from working with kids in a teaching and coaching environment I guess I guess the first thing would be the lingo so (laughs) so I guess uh from a lingo standpoint you know they keep me hip with all of the terminology and stuff going on 
uh, nowadays and, and they don't like my music as much, but uh, definitely with the slang, I feel like I'm pretty hip. Um, but no, they, you know, there's, they challenge me every single day. Uh, one thing that I've learned from coaching and teaching is patience. Um, there, there's a certain line with understanding kids and how they react to certain situations like yelling at them, being strict. Um, one of the things that our school really uh, puts a lot of time in is called restorative practice. And it's holding kids accountable for um, their actions, not by yelling, not by screaming, but by asking them questions and having the kids answer questions um, that reflect their actions. Um, and, and just learning how to handle certain kids and in the school environment has been a really big uh, influence on me. I feel like you know me pretty well. I'm a pretty laid back person. So the whole restorative, not yelling, asking questions kind of fits my style. Yeah, that's really cool. What, what kind of questions do you ask them? Oh, we, so we have, uh, we have circle group every single day. So uh, trying to get kids interested in topics can be kind of difficult at times. Um, for the most part, they're engaged in, in their cell phones and our kids are allowed to use their cell phones. So uh, trying to ask questions in our circle group that are engaging can go from video games to favorite TV show, asking strange questions like, is a hot dog a sandwich and stuff like that, just to get some <laughs> inspiration in the class and some kids interested in whatever topic you're talking about. Um, but, you know, I, I guess I guess from a, a question standpoint, I teach juniors and seniors. So a lot of the, the life questions are, what's next? You know, especially with the seniors. But um, I like to start it off even junior year for the juniors because um, it's crazy how not a lot of high school kids think about their career until it's almost over. Um, yeah. So, you know, a lot of questions, like I said before, is, is what's next? What kind of jobs can we get into? Because, you know, from when I went to high school, college was drilled into me, uh, but it's a different time, different age. Um, kids need to understand that you don't have to necessarily go to college, but you need to get skilled in something because uh, life skills are so, so important um, in order to make a living. Yeah, absolutely. What are, what are some of the biggest challenges you see with these kids as you're trying to move forward? You know, is it like peer pressure or like with their parents not guiding them or like, mm -hmm. are they lost and searching for their purpose? Like what challenges are they facing and how do you as a leader and influence help carry them through? I mean, for my specific kids, so I teach at Milford High School, but I teach in the alternative part of the school. If you're not familiar with the alternative part or what an alternative school is, um, it's, a, it's, an, it's a section of the school um, and we're actually separate from the high school where kids can go if they struggle with anxiety, if they struggle with large classrooms, um, for most schools, you would see like behavior problems. We don't really get behavior problem kids. Um, so our school is made up of about 65 kids. And a lot of my kids struggle with like anxiety, really bad anxiety. Um, so I have anxiety myself. 
um, which I think helps me in the classroom because I can relate to a lot of my kids. But I think one of the biggest challenges that I see is one, anxiety, and two, um, not being backed at home. What I mean by that is not having good structure at home, like two parents, or I have a lot of kids that live with grandparents. So that can be very challenging. Yeah, what, what do you think helps them most with anxieties? Like sports, movement, or like, are there any uh, specific actions that you give to them to help them to cope? It changes all the time. Um, there's obviously good days and bad days. One of the things that it's kind of funny that I've noticed that it, there's certain kids who have anxiety issues that love to sit in their comfort zone. So when they come to class, there's I have kids that they know exactly where they want to sit and that's where they're going to sit. And if you change up where they sit or you change up their routine, it throws them all out of whack. So my goal in dealing with anxiety is making my classroom as comfortable as I can get. Because I think uh, anxiety has to deal with a lot of not being comfortable in your environment, right? So my goal is, is not to hound the kids, not to yell at the kids. It's to create a classroom that's fun, engaging, and a place where they can feel comfortable. Yeah, it's almost like uh, a mixture of consistency and reliability and then feeling safe and secure where they yeah, are. That's it. And the kids complain that we do a question of the day every single day. We do whatever topic assignment we're doing. And then we always end with a bell ringer. They complain about it so much doing the same kind of structure every single day. But if I didn't do that, I feel like they would still complain. So um, I think it really helps having that structure. It really helps when kids know what to expect, where they're going to sit. I just feel like it makes everything better in the classroom setting. Absolutely. Yep. So you mentioned that you also struggle with anxiety yourself. What personally helps you and how has, you know, your own, um, anxiety, uh, you know, struggles and path, how has that allowed you to become who you are today it's an anxiety crazy so growing up i didn't have any issues dealing with anxiety um when i was about 21 i had a best friend pass away and then my cousin passed away a few years later and just growing older and i don't know what it is but um it's something that i've had to get treated i've i'm on medicine now and it, it, it's amazing what um medicine has done for me um but that's kind of where my anxiety comes from is, is I guess a couple close desks around me and then I'm just growing older. And, and I think everybody kind of goes through that. Um, but it's kind of crazy how, you know, it flares up here and there. You know, I have a lot of um, anxiety around like being in social settings that like, like I kind of like my kids where I'm not comfortable, um, like going out in public or, um, giving a speech or even doing this. Um, it's just something where it's not in your comfort zone and, and it creates a lot of anxiety. But um, for the most part, you know, you, you kind of learn to adapt and control it in certain ways. Um, for example, when I'm in the classroom, I, I you know, I'm, I'm setting up my classroom for my kids so they can feel comfortable, but, but I'm also doing it for me as well. Um, and I feel like if they see me controlling my anxiety, because I've talked to my kids about it, I feel like it'll help them as well. So 
and also I, I also use anxiety for me as as a positive. I look at everything in a positive light. You probably know that. I know I was talking to my wife Megan and Amelia the other day. We were talking about the uh, about the podcast, and they kind of said the same thing that I look at everything in a positive light, and that's and, and that's kind of a reflection from my anxiety. I, I try to look at everything in a good way because um, it's so easy for anxiety to take control over you and to look at things in a, in a negative or a bad way. Um, so I try to set my classroom up and I try to surround myself with things just like my kids that I'm comfortable with. Yeah, it sounds like positivity is a superpower of yours. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, so you use your own, create your own like space and comfortability. And, and it's funny because you say, you know, like doing this podcast or being in social settings uh, is, can, you know, trigger your anxiety. And this just is an example of how wildly different anxiety is for everyone. Because like for me, speaking in front of people and teaching classes of strangers is comfortable. And when I'm sitting at home bored, or not haven't like worked out or moved that's when my anxiety is like full swing ahead oh it's it's crazy so everybody expects a teacher and sorry if i ramble on it's kind of the teacher um, it's rambling is encouraged okay uh but a lot of people think <laughs> being a teacher i'm this outgoing like center of attention it comes easy to me type of person and it's so not true like yes i can flip a switch and i can go into a classroom and crush it but you know to be honest, deep down inside, I'm probably trembling. Um, it's just something that you learn to cope with and deal with. Um, but yeah, it does, it kind of comes in spurts, you know, I have really good days and, and there are really bad days. Um, but just trying to stay positive is, is, is one thing that gets me out of it, I guess. Yeah. And so with that, you know, it doesn't come naturally. And I think that's what makes it even more beautiful that you do it because it's something you love, but it's a challenge. And that's, you know, oftentimes when we do things that are scary or hard, we're growing and evolving. Um, so how did you decide you wanted to be a teacher in the first place? So my, my dad's a teacher. My grandma was a teacher. My grandpa was a teacher. Um, my <laughs> uncle's a football coach. So it kind of fits uh, into my life pretty easy. I, I knew I wanted to be in a position where I was helping people. And I, th I figured early on, like, I'm going to say middle school, I knew I wanted to be a teacher. Obviously, I didn't know what subject I was going to teach, but um, it was definitely a career path that I saw early on. Yeah. And what is one of the biggest, you know, challenges you've faced in the teacher or coach role? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I feel like there's many challenges. There's challenges every single day. Um, I, I just think the biggest challenge that I have faced is pressure from outside people. And what I mean by that is uh, with coaching, it can be a lot of parents it can be a lot of, of the community. It's amazing how, you know, when people think of high school football, um, they think of it as, oh, it's just high school football. But really, there's a lot of pressure. My, my job depends on, you know, how well we do in football because coaches have gotten fired for 
um, you know, not doing well. And then to go along with that in the classroom as well is there's always, there's always pressure, even though they say there's not, um, you know, as teachers, we're constantly graded and we're constantly looked at, we're constantly um, debated on, you know, what are teachers supposed to teach in the classroom or how are teachers supposed to teach in the classroom? And I just feel like that constant pressure can sometimes um, get to me. But um, one of the things that really helps me is, is the surrounding group around me. Um, you know, my, my dad being a teacher helps. My brother is also a teacher that helps. Uh, but my wife as well, she's very encouraging and she's inspiring and she's uh, always there to help me when, when, you know, I'm not doing well. So, um, yeah. Shout out to Megan. Shout out to Megan. <laughs> Megan's a person. Um, so do you feel as though at, at the school, so, cause it sounds like when you're speaking about the people who support you and encourage you, it's your family and your close friends. Yeah. Does the, the, the teachers at, you know, my art school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so, like, it sounds like you're super close with your family. Yeah. Um, one question I love to ask is, like, who are the two or three people who inspire you or have influenced you the most in your life and why? Yeah, I, you know, obviously my wife, she's always had my back and she's always you know, there when I do have a bad day, you know, with anxiety or whatever, she's always like, hey, there's a better day tomorrow. And she's just always there. I'm um, encouraging me. And then my dad is somebody that I've always looked up to. Um, he, he has been a big influence in my life. And then uh, I had a, uh, it was a JV basketball coach at LaSalle when I was in high school. Um, he played a, a huge role in me becoming a football coach and, and really getting into the field of coaching. And he's one of the reasons why I, when I was in college, I coached um, girls basketball at Macaulay High School for three years, um, which was a great experience because I went to a Catholic school my whole entire life. Um, and especially high school, it was an all boys school. So being at a school like Macaulay where Macaulay is an all girls school um, and coaching there really taught me how to handle girls and I think it's helped me um, in the classroom especially yeah that makes total sense yeah. um, and so uh, what is something that you are like extremely proud of that you have accomplished or overcome maybe it was like an obstacle or, or a failure that you turned into something and and grew from it yeah I mean minus you know, the, the football seasons where you have success and whatnot. I think I'm most proud of seeing kids after they graduate and telling me what they're doing for their career or for their life. When I student taught at Mount Healthy High School, this is back in 2015, a year before I graduated. Um, and I know your listeners don't really understand probably where Mount Healthy is or what Mount Healthy High School looks like, but um, it's a school where it's a lot of um, poverty and it's a lot of um, kids who aren't expected to graduate and, and to go to college or whatnot. Um, but it was about a year after I did my student teaching at Mount Healthy and my wife and I were at Walmart in Coleraine and I saw a former student from Mount Healthy and she was so excited to tell me that 
she was going to college, that she was the first person from her family to go to college. And really that's, that's why I teach and that's why I do this. Um, but to see kids excited about their career and excited about their, their future is very, uh, it's a very good feeling. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And those connections that you have with them are, you know, bigger than you'll ever know. I, um, last week I hosted Dylan and he's an awesome, he's like a personal trainer in Charleston. And, you know, one of the most influential people in his life was a a coach from when he was younger, you know, and it's just like the teachers and coaches and people who are shaping our future are so vitally important and leave bigger imprints than what we could even imagine. Yeah, You don't think about it when, you know, you're in high school or you're in college and there's somebody really impacting your life. And I don't think about it as a teacher. Like I don't go around thinking about who am I impacting every single day, but it's just amazing the people I look back at my life who've impacted me that now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, wow, they probably set me into a good direction or they get, they set me into a positive attitude and a positive mindset on my life. Yeah. And there's always like, especially with sports teams, like inspirational quotes or teamwork or just different like challenges that you face as a group that better prepare you for facing different issues later in life as a community or, or a, at, in the workplace or anything like that as a family. Yeah. So what is like something that is a habit or a behavior that you've implemented in your own life, maybe in the last like three to five years or more recently, something that helps you stay motivated and on top of your game, maybe in control of your anxiety or better prepares you to support the kids that you work with. So, you know, it could be anything from your own movement or workouts or journaling, meditation, writing, um, or just any habit or behavior that supports you preparing these kids for the rest of their so life. I got a couple of things. One, my wife will say this to a T. I am a person who always has to do the same exact routine every single day. <laughs> and it drives her crazy. Um, but one thing that I didn't have in my routine was working out. Um, and so we recently started to get back into working out and eating healthy. My wife's a dietitian, so I've always ate healthy. But um, one of the things that I noticed from just from working out is how amazing it is helping my anxiety. For some reason, I don't know what it is, but when I, work, when I have started working out, my anxiety has gone way down. Yeah. Movement is magical. Yes, it is. I agree with that. The second thing is music. I listen to a lot of music, um, whether it's in the morning before I start school at six or, or whatnot, but I use music as uh, something that helps me. I love that. I love that a whole lot. Um, and, you know, is there, are there any other um, like, major things that inspire you or, or that drive you to continue to, you know, better yourself and better your, your team, um, and your teaching abilities? Yeah. I mean, as a teacher and a football coach, you think about this stuff every single day, this is right in my wheelhouse. Um, you know, there's days in the classroom that aren't so good and there's days in the classroom 
that are amazing. And, and I feel like it's a constant struggle with trying to find the best lesson, the best assignment, the best whatever. So when you think about being goal driven towards, you know, being the best teacher I can be for my kids. I mean, it's just, that's just something I do. And on the football field, um, that kind of goes hand in hand as well as, you know, we, my, my, so my dad's the head football coach at Milford. I'm the defensive coordinator. Um, this will be our fourth year coming up. Um, before we got there, Milford never had a winning season. And within two years, we uh, made it to the playoffs and won the first playoff game ever. Um, and then the past two seasons haven't been so great. So just thinking back on this, the first two years at Milford and how good they were, um, that really drives me to, um, in the off season, watch video, talk to coaches. We're going to go talk to Cincinnati's coaches, um, here in a little bit, but, you know, just having that little success kind of drives you to want that again. Yeah, so you do a lot of reflection and, and analysis and then from there creating like a plan and taking action on how to better move forward in the That's future. It. That's teaching in, in football 101 right there. Yeah, so when, you know, if the last few seasons haven't been as great and you feel, probably have felt like down in moments, what do you do? What are some like, te- do you have any techniques or tips to, you know, getting feeling unstable if you feel stuck, getting yourself unstuck or getting out of that stagnant emotional time, if you're not, you know, cause it's easy to get on a high yeah. when we're crushing it and, you know, doing all the right things. Yeah. You feel like you're the best at what you do. Right. Um, and then when, when you don't have success, no matter whatever, whatever it is, could be in the classroom, it could be whatever occupation or job you have when you don't see success, obviously you look at what you're doing and you're like, could I be better? Um, so just thinking back on the past two years, I mean, we were, we were a very young football team. Um, you're talking about, you know, we have, you know, 22 guys that start on offense. There's 11 on defense. There's 11. Um, we probably had about nine sophomores out there. So, you know, just thinking that these kids are young, they're going to learn a lot this year. They're going to get older um, and we're expected to be pretty good next year. Um, but that kind of makes it easier. That kind of, that kind of helps um, when you're not doing so well, just to think about the future and what you might have and the experience these, these young kids would get. And, uh, and yeah. Yeah. Looking at the future, seeing the vision and the possibility of moving forward. Um, By the way, it's, your, it's your also, high school, your former high school, Little Miami, they are they are now in our league. I don't know if you know. No, uh, they're not. They are. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt. My <laughs> senior year, we didn't win a single game. My favorite part about Little Miami is their football field. What is the name of that football field? Oh, oh my gosh. It's I the like weirdest that. name, but... Uh, I have no idea. You're supposed <laughs> to deliver there. It's, it's, it's the funniest name. And every time we go to your parents' house or, or whatever, um, we always see it and I always chuckle. I, I actually won Best Panther Pride. I have the best school spirit, but I don't. I went to all the games. I just don't remember what it was yeah. called. Yeah. We played there this past so year. It's a nice little field. Yeah. You know, we always have the best spirit, though, like dressed up. 
and the paces faces painted you know went all out never wanted to tell this year with covid though there was nobody yeah that makes sense how have um you had to adapt this year with coaching and without that energy of support and the team and like being able to spend time together as a group how how have you adapted and evolved through that man it's crazy what what a year with covid um but just every day so let me kind of take you back to like summertime when covid was kind of ramping up and we were able to come back to school and start working out and doing our stuff like mid-june so usually we're starting in like february march but that got pushed back um and then the whole summer, all we heard from everybody was we're not going to have a football season. So coming to work every day and, and preparing for a season, not knowing if you were going to have a season was very difficult, especially for the seniors, because that's yeah. the last chance. Um, so I felt like this year, especially we, we grew really close. All of our, all of us coaches grew really close with our players because we all kind of went through this thing together and, and learned together and adapted together and it was just it was just a really good um year to to grow as a group and we weren't we were better this year we, we were so two years ago we were two and eight um this year we were lucky enough to play eight games and we ended up four and four so we weren't like we were bad um but not even talking about wins and losses it, it was just a great year um to just grow, not only as an individual, but as a team and as a group. Yeah, it's definitely been an interesting year. And I know like on my side, it's tough because it hasn't looked the same, you know, at, at my yoga studios or anything, but it's almost become more of like quality over quantity. I'm seeing less people, but the interactions I have are so much deeper and more impactful because we know how precious they all yeah. are what's funny about teaching is is the teaching profession has been pushing technology for the longest time and and i was somebody who obviously i'm i'm 29 years old now but i'm obviously going to use technology in the classroom because i love technology right but there's so many older teachers that have no clue what zoom is they had no clue what you know how to use a phone in a classroom and now all of a sudden with COVID, you have older teachers that have to implement technology. That was probably the, the funniest thing to see. Um, I think it was a good thing for everybody because it did push everybody to use technology like they wanted. Um, but talk about just a weird year of, um, we, we, as the high school, we, we had to miss two weeks because of COVID. And I have, I'm actually self-monitoring myself right now because I had a student test positive. So um, it's just a crazy year. And, and when you look at like, uh, grades and, and test scores and all that stuff, I don't know if that matters a whole lot over just kids being in the classroom and doing the work, because one of the things we've gotten, and this kind of goes back to the anxiety thing. One of the, the biggest feedback we've gotten from kids being at home is struggling with anxiety, struggling with, um, getting up every day and, and really getting into these deep depressions. We've had 
So our school district gave the kids the option to stay at home or they gave them the option to come into school. We're at about 65% in school. Um, but we've had quite a few kids come back from being online to coming in person because they've struggled with anxiety because you know, you're at your house every day, you're not socializing with anybody. Um, and it just kind of gets you in this deep, dark depression. Yeah, it's, it's a different world. I definitely keep like thinking of how impactful that this year and this time period is going to be on kids that are in those important ages, even younger of like oh, seven, eight years old, you know, more of a question is how, how does this impact the younger kids? Cause my, they're, my kids are juniors and seniors. They can handle what's going on to a certain extent. Um, but think about kids that are in kindergarten and first grade and second grade. Like how did those kids zoom? Yeah. You know, it's just, just crazy. It is. Um, and so, I mean, that's awesome that y'all are able to, you know, be open at capacity. I'm a, of like 65%. I'm assuming, you know, y'all are masked up at school and it's different still, but at least there's in-person interaction. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what has helped me uh, make it through this pandemic is having some normalcy, like having a football season. I remember they're sitting or standing on the sidelines at the first football game thinking, this is great. This is like normal. This is the first normal thing I've done in a long time. Um, and, and, and just in the classroom, you know, we, our kids have barriers up, our kids have masks on. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a strange setting in the classroom to see like barriers up and, um, but you know, it's something that you adapt with and it's something that you, you deal with and, and change and, and it's okay. It's not bad. It's, it's good to be, uh, it's good to be, like I said, to feel normal. Yeah. And everything is temporary. Right. So, and that's like something that is so important, like to remind myself, this is temporary and we'll move out of it and we'll move forward and we'll all be better in some way, hopefully because, because yeah. of it. Um, so now it's 2021. Do you have any goals or intentions or visions uh, for yourself? And this could be work-wise coaching or it could be personal that you're working on just anything that you're trying to encompass in your 2021 and your new yeah, year from a coaching perspective i want to uh, win our league first we have we tied the first year there was a three-way tie for the league leaders um the second year we came in second and then the past two years we we were in second last and then we were in the middle of the pack um, so it would be great to kind of get back to winning and to uh, win our league outright. That would be cool. Um, for myself, personally, I want to work out. I want to stay motivated. I want to uh, be somebody that eats healthy, that um, doesn't get stuck in, in these uh, anxiety phases. And I think working out's kind of been big for me. So I want to continue to work out and I want to make this a long term goal rather than a short term kind of fling. Yeah. When you set your goal, do you take create like actionable steps is and is your goal 
very strict or is it more of like loosely like movement every day for this amount of time? And that could be walking or working out, or are you trying to like lift weights daily? What does it look like so for, for you? Personally, I, my wife and I, we kind of mix it up and it's great to have a partner to work out with. So we mix up what we do. Um, she does some online workouts. I'll do those with her. We'll go on walks. My wife and I just got a puppy. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> so we're looking for Griffin. So we're looking forward to taking Griff on walks and, and whatnot. Um, and then I'll get out and play basketball. So me and John Gerardo have been playing uh, this past summer and, and I'm sure his ankles are sore now, but, uh, but, <laughs> but uh, it, it was fun to get out there and play with John. It's amazing. You know, I'm almost 30 years old and it's amazing when you get out there and play basketball for the first time in a, in a long time. It's like, wow, I really, I really lost it. I really lost some speed. I really lost some conditioning, um, but it, it was good. It's good to mix up what you do working out wise. Yeah, absolutely. I was just talking to a friend about the importance of cross training all around of yoga yeah. and weights and running and swimming and all of it. Yes, I think that's awesome. I think what you're doing um, in your life and with this podcast is very inspiring. It's, you know, it's motivating. It's, oh, thank it's, you. You know, when you, look at somebody who, you know, is, is doing yoga and going on adventure trips and whatnot. It's, it makes me want to do it. So thank you for that. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, to wrap up, I have two last questions. So the second to last is, you know, what is something beautiful or wonderful that you brought out of 2020 and maybe you learned it during quarantine or due to COVID. Maybe it's something separately entirely. Um, and it maybe didn't seem very pretty in the moment. Maybe it did, maybe not. Um, but you know, it's just something that you took away positively from this year of 2020. I think this is a good one to end on. And, and we talked about this at new year's. Um, but I'm friends with your sister and we have a small little group and it's been great to, and I guess I should say this, and, and it's been great to hang out with just our group. And it's a small group. Like we're not breaking any COVID rules or whatnot, but it's been, it's been really kind of positive and it's been really good to um, get closer with our small friend group. And, you know, if I have to look at something positive from, the virus and, and this whole pandemic is, you know, I've gotten closer to all my friends. Yeah, it's deeper, more quality over quantity connections. And I, I also, for me, like I felt more grounded yes. and connected. You kind of look at everything in a different perspective, right? You kind of look at it like, okay, we're, yeah. we're in a pandemic, but how can I make my life better still? How can I move forward still? even when this pandemic is kind of hovering over you. It's challenging, but I think it kind of can be a positive thing if you look at it in a positive light. I love it. And my last question is, what is one, it can be a quote, it can just be like a belief you live by, but a, a nugget of information. one quote that I need to end with, and that is, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. <laughs> You're quoting, are you quoting my podcast? Yes, I am your number one Google subscriber. 
five stars. No, there's a, there's a quote it. that we have at school, and it's uh, it talks about students. I don't know the exact quote, but it 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 says students will not lash out in anger if they respect you as a teacher, and it's so true. In that, you know, I can I can use like, let's say like a military, like a strict attitude in the classroom. And it might work for some people, but my kids aren't going to respect me. Um, so when there's moments where kids are upset and they need you as a teacher, if you come in there with like that strict attitude and they need you, you might not hit home with them and um, you might lose them and they might, you, you know, I'll give you an example. We had a kid that was very let's say she was loud and she would, she would throw fits. Okay. Um, and one of my goals was to uh, get to know her and to get to uh, just to understand kind of her life and what she was going through. And the other teachers kind of noticed this as well, but when I gained her respect, she didn't lash out at me. Right. So I think, I think yeah. that quote that's hanging up at school um, is my favorite quote ever because it's so true and it hits home with my life and, and my career and, and coaching and teaching. Yeah, it's a, it's a respect and a trust thing. You know, they, you, you invested your time into her and to understand her and get to know her. And in response to that, she respects you and gives you that space and that she probably doesn't give to other she people. Doesn't, so. And she didn't have, she, you know, there wasn't many people in her life, but um, I was happy to be there for her. And, and, and like I said, respect and getting to know people and, and is a big thing, especially in the teaching career. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so yeah, much, Jimmy. Me, so I was really excited when you reached out. Yeah, this is awesome. And, you know, I, I hope you can use this and you're happy with this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And I love all the work you're doing and it's, it is our future and the world is crazy right now. And our future is vitally important for what happens literally yeah. moving forward. Before I leave, let me shout out squad. Uh, I might be biased, but we have the best squad group in the country. Maybe the world. Who knows? It's nice talking, talking to you. Too. You take care. I love it. Y'all do have the best I friend agree. group ever. And you all adopted me when I was in college. So I, I know so that I for a fact. Thank you for tuning in to the Get Wild podcast. Once again, my name is Kelsey Harrison. And I am so grateful you showed up in this space and you are a part of this community that embraces authenticity and vulnerability. And as always, don't hesitate to reach out with questions or topics, or let me know if you wanna come on a retreat or if anything resonated with you. And I am truly so grateful for you, each and every one of you, whether it's your first time listening or you listen every single week, because I do this entirely to connect and to give a little bit more of myself to the rest of the world. So thank you for tuning in and 
so much love and kindness and gratitude for you. <laughs>